That is the sound of a Nokia 3310. You may have heard of it. It's a cult classic in the underground world of mobile phone hoons. It's bulky, durable, a stone-faced brick of Finnish ingenuity. You could call, you could text, and after all that work, you could unwind with a game of Snake. With 126 million copies sold, it's 13th in the list of top-selling mobile phones of all time. Now, it's a relic of what some would argue was a simpler time, and others a dark age before the smartphone turned on the light. Cut forward to December of 2020, and the mobile phone has become one of the key factors in battling COVID-19 for New South Wales Health, with a vast network of contact tracing made accessible by millions of citizens through the palm of their hand. If you're a cynic, it's reminiscent of the 60s dystopian film Logan's Run, where a citizen's lifespan is measured by a glowing life clock crystal embedded in their palm. It's always there. And it's always on. For the optimist or epidemiologist in all of us, the ability for a Bluetooth connection to potentially halt community transmission for one of the most deadly illnesses we've ever seen is a godsend of technology. In today's episode, we'll be taking a closer look at how your phone's technology is fundamentally changing the way we interact with government services. As the telephone's creator Alexander Graham Bell once said, probably after a few drinks, "What this power is, I cannot say. All that I know is that it exists." I'm Max Tillman. Welcome to Think Digital Futures. They say nothing gets you moving like a good crisis. On April 26, 2020, after a spike of cases in Victoria and New South Wales in late March, the federal government announced the rollout of the COVID Safe app. It was a digital tool for monitoring what was a growing domestic health crisis. It promised to be a well-sealed, centralised data tool in order to help the respective states and territories get on top of monitoring the movement of cases. Stripped back of its green and gold trim. The app is built on the Blue Trace protocol, originally developed by the Singaporean government. In essence, contact tracing is done entirely locally on a user's device using their Bluetooth connection, storing all encounters in a contact history log, chronicling contact for the past 21 days. Traditionally, government is seen as、uh, slow, cumbersome, not very agile. But in a pandemic, you can't have those characteristics. We don't have the luxury of being able to sit down and watch things occur. The virus moves fast, and we have to respond fast. That's New South Wales Customer Service Minister, the Honourable Victor Dominello. For the last ten months. He's played a key role in adapting the New South Wales public service to fit the demands of a once-in-a-lifetime pandemic. So, whether it's making sure that we had the border passes down on the Murray when Victoria had the second wave, we had to put the border passes up. The transition from acoustic to electric has been anything but simple. Code has to be written and programs have to be run in almost real time. We had to do it digitally. We got the call on Monday morning、uh, from the Premier. 
we had a digital product up in market by Tuesday night. Now it wasn't perfect, but you know we quickly iterated around it to make sure that uh, we, we got it working really well. But that's an example of how fast and how, uh, how agile we had to be. While it's a forced evolution of digital literacy for many, for governments, it's as much a question of identity. Put simply, the big question is how do people interact with government services? And in today's world of delivery food and Zoom meetings, should accessing government services be as easy as ordering a pad thai? What we need to do is start comparing ourselves with um, service providers such as Uber or Netflix or you know Google, in the sense that you know people of our state are already accustomed to getting good service delivery. Again, if you want to order food uh, and it delivered to your door within a matter of minutes and you can see how the food's being delivered, that exists right now. And it's incongruous that you get that level of digital innovation uh, in the private sector, yet in the public sector, you're still filling out paper and, and forms. So people's expectations of service delivery uh, has increased significantly and it's for government to make sure that we meet those higher standards. As the Minister says, this isn't New South Wales' first foray into the digital sphere. On the 18th of June 2020, the New South Wales government invested a record $1.6 billion into its digital restart fund to make the state the digital capital of the Southern Hemisphere. The purpose of the Digital Restart Fund is to accelerate the digital transition of government, making services far more accessible to the average citizen. In other words, the New South Wales government wants to send you a friend request. We created Service New South Wales seven years ago. We rolled out the digital driver's licence a number of years ago now. Now we have over two million people in New South Wales with a digital driver's licence in their phone. So we've been building that up over the years through Service New South Wales, whether it's the digital driver's licence, whether it's Creative Kids or Active Kids, all the digital platforms that we're rolling out. We ask for feedback. We're very agile in the way we redesign products to meet the people. And the other thing is Sydney is a, Sydney, New South Wales, very sophisticated in terms of the world stage. Like, we're not some backwater. You know, we are very early adopters of technology. So it doesn't surprise me at all that in a, in a sophisticated uh, place like Sydney, New South Wales, that we have a hungry audience for technology. For a city chomping at the bit for tech, the role of monitoring and tracing COVID-19 infections in the state quickly became an opportunity to test the strengths of the digital service already in place. On November 23rd of this year, the Minister's pipe dream of a fully digital New South Wales came that little bit closer to reality. The government introduced a QR, or quick response code system, for venues across New South Wales. We'd now all be familiar with that little checkered box that, once scanned with a phone camera, sends your personal details to a centralised New South Wales health data pool. QR codes were created in 1994 for the Japanese auto industry as a way of conveying the 50,000-plus characters of the Japanese language into barcodes that could be read on the factory floor. As always, necessity is the mother of invention. Well, we did a micro 
pilot because this is what they did in Taiwan. They've done this in Singapore. They've done it in South Korea. They've done it in digitally mature, maturer countries and in countries where they've already had pandemics. What the QR code means is, as your listeners would know, it means quick response, but you go into a venue, the venue can download the service check-in QR code for free. That means when a customer goes into the venue, they point the camera at the QR code. Once the customer's downloaded the service app, everything gets pre-populated. The information goes straight to the, the pipeline that basically gets channeled into health and health only access it in the event there's an outbreak and uh, every 28 days it gets it gets destroyed. So we've rolled that out and to date we've had about a million people in New South Wales uh, that have now used that service. With any centralised data system, there will inevitably be concerns about privacy. And while the Minister's long-term plan is to match the private sector in digital presence, The memories of Cambridge Analytica and Facebook's large-scale farming of personal information are still raw for many. Privacy is just a non-negotiable because the big difference between democracies and autocracies is privacy. There are a whole lot of privacy mechanisms and oversights uh, that exist here in New South Wales and indeed in most good democracies that are put in place to protect citizens' privacy. So, for example, you have the Privacy Act, you have the Privacy Commissioner. Both the Privacy Commissioner, Information Commissioner, Auditor General, there's all these oversight bodies that are there to make sure that, um, that, that privacy is protected. And in the event that there is a breach, uh, that, that breach is brought to light and action is taken. Concerns have been raised that privacy provisions in Australia are simply not strong enough and data is being collected without the proper safeguards. To the Minister, it's a very fine line between trust and disdain in a sector where private enterprise has a record for dodgy data practices. Now, there is much more visibility around privacy protection inside a government than there is in the private sector, as you outlined, in relation to the Googles and the Facebooks and the like. But we have a higher a higher duty, a higher burden, if you will, to make sure that that privacy is enshrined. And, and the way to do it is uh, to make sure that the privacy is baked into the design architecture. So, for example, in relation to the QR codes, if you go to a QR code operated by the private sector and you check in to a pub or a club or a cafe or whatever, and it's operated by the private sector, if it's under a certain threshold, there is just very little privacy controls at all. Your data is going to the venue. Uh, That venue can use that data for pretty much whatever they like. Whereas if you're using the Service New South Wales QR code, because we had the privacy commissioner be involved in the design process, it means every 28 days that data is destroyed. The only people that can access the data are people for health and only for the purposes of contact tracing. So, again, privacy goes to trust, and if you break the trust, then people won't use the product. But long before we can invest our trust in the system, we first have to understand how it all works. Uh, there are different types of QR code um, that uh, they have been al- around for a long time. 
That's Dr Isla Irfani, a senior lecturer and deputy head of school in the School of Information, Systems and Modelling within the Faculty of Engineering and IT at the University of Technology, Sydney. Because of technology improvement, the new version and more accurate QR code uh, have been arised uh, recently. When it comes to centralised data models, such as the one employed by Australia on the federal level and in New South Wales and the respective states and territories with health authorities, Dr Irfani makes very clear that despite concerns of data privacy, there is simply no better way to collate and analyse the movement patterns of cases across an entire country. The data can be stored either centrally or decentrally. They can be stored on individual devices or uh, in a database or data store. And uh, the difference between centralized and decentralized digital contact tracing system relate to where contact data are stored. Decentralized system whereby the contact data are stored on individual users' phone and individual are notified to their to their basically potential exposure independent of the government contact tracing infrastructure. It seems like a mishmash system of interstate data whizzing across the country on a course for the capital, a centralised data system in a nation where most of the punching powers invested in the individual states seems like a logistical disaster waiting to happen. And this lack of integration with uh, contact tracing infrastructure would likely undermine the effectiveness of decentralized system. Uh, and that's due to the reduced likelihood of people isolating without manual, manual follow-up from contact tracer and also reducing the potential effectiveness of contact tracers case investigation. And as for the actual raw data, the names, addresses and phone numbers of thousands of venue goers across New South Wales and other states, from a scientific perspective, it's simply a matter of continuity. The 28-day cutoff for stored data that exists in New South Wales allows enough time for health officials to gain a stronger grip on a potential outbreak, according to Dr Afani. And uh, the duration for 21 days is because it allows actually for the 14 days uh, incubation period and uh, of the coronavirus plus time taken to confirm a positive test result. The app automatically deletes contacts older than 21 days and if someone tests positive and then agrees, this is very important, that agrees to the information in their phone being uploaded, then those digital handshake information will, will be uploaded to the National COVID Safe Data Store. And uh, I can say that the National COVID Safe Data Store, which is a cloud-based facility and using infrastructure located in Australia, and it is a certified for a storage of data up to the protected security level. But as the minister himself said earlier, words simply aren't enough. For New South Wales citizens to willingly plug themselves into the public service matrix, the system must be trustworthy. And to many in Australia, trust in the government's duty of care has only weakened as the technology has gotten stronger. You should not have to give all your information to the government unless you voluntarily want to do that and, and you make an active choice to do it. 
Bill Rowlings is the CEO of Civil Liberties Australia, a Canberra-based advocacy group for citizens' rights and democratic liberties. Since the beginning of the pandemic, they have been a tireless critic of the growing need for Australians to buy in to their state government's online portals. The government is the one not to be trusted in the first instance. First of all, they have an appalling, absolutely appalling track record in Australia of incompetent storage and maintenance of data. There's been uh, massive leaks of data out of RoboDebt, out of Centrelink, not only the leak of individual data, it's how they handle security information. It's how they handle the last census. Do you recall what the last census disaster was? When, when nobody could get onto the thing and, and it was a monumental disaster. And every day now we are being warned about cyber security infiltration from foreign countries. So even if our own people were competent, which is very questionable, um, the, the fact that it can be raided by other countries is um, is obvious because our own people, are, our own government's warning us about this. Bill raises a very important point, and one echoed previously by Minister Dominello on the opposite side of this argument. Trust is key. Key to not only encouraging people to download applications like Service New South Wales, but more importantly, to not provide false information to QR code check-ins out of fear real information will be mishandled or stolen. The real question is, are we sick or is it the app? Well, it's definitely a future step. This is what was behind the uh, Australia card originally, which was floated uh, 30 years ago. It was refloated actually by Tony Abbott when he was health minister when he wanted to redo the Medicare card and include a chip in it so that it would contain uh, health your own health information, uh, which is not necessarily a bad thing. And now it's a drip, drip, drip feed of how we, we, can, we are increasingly being brought into this realm of giving all our information over. And as RoboDebt pointed out, that's where they used an algorithm to uh, very poorly identify people whom they thought were cheating on government uh, welfare payments, then that can be massively mis misused. There's a wider problem in Australia, and this is a really big problem, and that is that trust in government is virtually in, in free fall. It seems natural that Bill and the Minister would be at odds over how Australians perceive their lawmakers but this level of trust lies at the very heart of the issue. As Bill makes clear, there is every chance any vote of confidence in the government can be a false positive when you consider whether that confidence is solely in the hands of lawmakers or indeed the health workers from whom their directions and advice originate. Without trust, programs like the Digital Restart Fund are a dead weight. Um, so that... That trust in politicians is really a core fundamental problem to the nation. Until we restore trust in politicians, we've got a, a sort of skewed way of governance. So that's one of the major things we are working on in Civil Liberties Australia. Whether they're indeed false positives or not, Minister Dominello makes very clear that there has been a strong response to the New South Wales check-in system since its rollout. So... I was pleasantly surprised to see uh, the ad adoption uh, and moreover the feedback. So, for example, in relation to the check-in feature, we're seeing 
thumbs up scores of around the 95%. Same with digital driver's license. So these are, we're not talking scores of 70% or even 60%, we're talking 95%. And that's uh, it's very uh, heartening to see. So what for the future? The New South Wales government has set on a path to rid the public service of the pens and paper that have for time immemorial been their realm. It's a roadmap that was in place certainly before COVID-19, but now with a series of digital products so quickly put to market and confidence buoyed, the sky is virtually the limit for digital integration. Centrelink cues, one of the most poignant visual images from the beginning of the pandemic in Australia, could simply become a relic of the past alongside the Nokia 3310. At the heart, what is going to stay with us is the the culture change around speed and agility. We're going to be creating more and more new products and more and more new services around digital design and putting the people first, you know, making sure that we design around them rather than they evolve around us. Uh, it's the culture uh, that needs to be baked in. And before we would be very... Um, narrow in our focus. Now we can be far bolder in our ambition uh, and we can be faster in its delivery because, to be honest, that's what people expect and deserve. In the words of Bill Gates, the founder of Microsoft, the advance of technology is based on making it fit in so you don't even really notice it. It isn't hard to imagine a not-so-distant future where everything from your licence to your birth certificate are available at the touch of a button. COVID-19's assault on all forms of physical contact have stoked the ambition of New South Wales to change the way we interact with the public service and, by extension, those who govern us. How quickly this will change is pure speculation, but when there's a will, there's always a way. Think Digital Futures is produced on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation at the studios of 2SER in Sydney. I've been your host, Max Tillman. Thanks for listening.